it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Traders Rahap Up podcast, where we are about to talk about the finale of Traders Canada season one. It is now done and dusted. And oh my God, do we have stuff to talk about? Brian Joseph Scally. How you doing, Scally? Booyah. Oh my God. I am going to carry this finale with me for a long time. I am just excited. I am excited to be back in here talking about the Traders Canada to wrap it up. What a season. And to do all of it with you. Very uh, and, excited. Yeah. It's been great. I've got me Rose Pizza and Vicky. I've missed that at the start because I'm gobsmacked. You know, this makes perfect sense for a season where we've had so many wrong predictions to have one last prediction be wrong. I left the episode last week and started the episode tonight being very confident that Leroy and Gerline have this. There is no shot this is going to not work. Then when we got to the first round, I thought if one of them doesn't leave in this round table, it is over for Mike. It is done. However, spoiler alert, Leave if you haven't watched or you don't want to know. But Mike wins Traders Canada. A trader has won. And honestly, honestly, a trader has won with the 
that deck stacked against them. Like he truly won against what I would say is all odds. So kudos to Mike for being the champion of Traders Canada season one. And yeah, that's kind of where I'm at right now mentally. Yeah, it's super impressive. I mean, we left last week just absolutely convinced there's a duo going into the final five and no one's targeting them. Like, absolutely, they have this. And so we just assumed and assumed and assumed. But as soon as we get to that first breakfast and Carlene is like, I'm not really sure what I think. I was like, "Uh oh, <laughs> this is not going to go good uh, for Gurleen and Leroy. But um, that was where I first really started having my doubts. And they were just building up all episode because, uh, you know, we did not see this coming before. And I don't know that the editors did either. No. And honestly, when they had the uh, the confessionals with Gurleen constantly saying, I'm between Mike and Leroy. I was like, no, you're not. They're making you say this. There's no way. It's like, they know what the finale is. We know what the finale is. Like, this is just formality. And then it actually ended up being true, which is fun because now we can look back at the confessionals and really start pinpointing when this could have all gone wrong. Or if you're Mike, all gone right. Yeah, it's just wild. I mean, you watch the entire episode and there's not even a lot of suspense built into who the first two boots are going to be. It's really just made very apparent. Uh, every person that enters into breakfast, it's like, yeah, we're all voting on Trevon and Donna. Like, yeah, okay. Even Trevon and Donna were like, all right, we'll be the first two to go and then you guys can figure it out. You know, <laughs> it would just always it just going to be what it was going to be with those first two. And it's a buildup to really what is such an interesting final three. And one that I think we're going to be looking at for quite some time. Absolutely. I think, and I, and I will say at the top, just right out the gate on Wednesday, we are conducting our interviews with the final five. They are not going to be all in one call. It's going to be five separate calls, five separate interviews. So if you have any questions for anybody, Feel free to at me at Puyism or at Brian underscore Scally. Let us know what your questions are. We'll compile them and we'll make sure to make the most of our questions while we have the opportunity. Okay, so that's number one. Number two, I almost feel like the trader winning is better for the franchise as a whole to start off. I think a trader's win out the gate, especially a very fun roller coaster ride like this, a ride where it looked all but doomed for the trader to win, I think is better for future seasons of the show to be set up and come through. So I'm going to say silver lining is there that I think that makes it very exciting for uh, future applicants. Mm -hmm. I think most successful (laughs) reality TV franchises start out with a little bit of I mean, dare I say a villain winning? And I don't think Mike necessarily is innately a villain as a personality. I think he does play himself up as a game player, but just it being a traitor versus like, oh, yay, like we all held hands as faithfuls and walked across the finish line. I think that often people then are encouraged to play a little bit more of a duplicitous game. And even one like Gurleen and Leroy, who seem to have it all locked up by having a final two uh, and trusting each other all the way to the end. I think people are going to look at that and maybe be a little less certain that that is reliable either going all the way. Yeah. And so I almost don't know where to start. So I think first things first, let's put up our graphic, our final graphic of the season, which I kind of want to ham on with all the extra mm. stuff that I have to add here. So Here we go. This is the final graphic. As you can see illustrated, we will talk about the twist that happened here with Trevon, where Trevon did not reveal whether or not he was a faithful or a traitor, which I thought was a very fun little twist added in. We have the fire badge here to point out the people that got banished at the final four. And of course, we have the winner badge for winning the season. 
Yeah, look at that. Lots of uh, different markings on. I'm so excited to talk about what some of those markings mean, uh, specifically in Travon, <laughs> but we'll get there. <laughs> I get, you know, this is the thing. It's the fi- it's the finale. So I feel like we let's go wherever we want to go. Shall we Ooh. talk about the Travon thing right out the gate? Because I'm yeah. keen. If you'd like, I mean, Trevon, a very fun character throughout the season, didn't seem like, unfortunately for him, he was really going to be able to gain any ground. He even says that most people were just talking to him about how sus they were of Donna all day. Little did he know that that was only going to come into play after he was out of the game anyway. Uh, So unfortunate for him. But then to see him go out in a way that uh, unanimously voted out because they suspect he's the most likely to be a traitor and then they don't even get to find out was very interesting yeah this is the to my knowledge of all the english speaking season we've seen this is the first time we've had it where you're not confirming someone is bad or good at the table so my immediate thought was this makes it interesting because obviously uh, i'm still riding the wave at that point of the episode that okay garlene and leroy have this on lock it is no worries it is done i'm now realizing also that it didn't add anything to garlene's um graphic it's just plain she didn't get banished i guess right yeah that is true that is true only one to come out unscathed (laughs) (laughs) um so everything to me felt like okay this is interesting this makes it a little bit more potentially helpful for the trader to get away with it because you can't confirm whether or not because if you confirm it's a faithful then it's kind of curtains anyway um but then i just assumed they were not going to show confirmation for the fire of truth but they did. So now knowing that, I like this. I really do like this. I like that we had one non-confirmation. I think depending on who it was or what the makeup at the end was, this could have been even more interesting. But given that I do feel like, to me, this is how I read it, Scally. Once they knew they had the votes to, all right, Donna can leave after, Trevon was going to go no matter what, and they had to feed him a bill of goods. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You got to just you know keep him under uh, your thumb. Don't let him play his way out of this, especially for Mike. I just feel like he was all in on one strategy. And it's so interesting because we were saying like his only chance is if he somehow unites uh, Donna and Travon. And so for him to be so confidently pushing all the chips in on the exact opposite of that move uh, was very entertaining. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. Now, let's talk about let's go back to the beginning. Now, let's talk about the breakfast here where this is the start of, you know, again, looking at Mike's story. This is where everyone's kind of on the Mike apology tour. It looks like Travon immediately is like, I don't think it's you anymore. Like, you know, I've been I think I was wrong. And then this is where Mike says, listen, if I was a traitor, I would have murdered you long ago. And Travon's like, yeah, no, I know. I totally get it. I absolutely agree. Yep. Just the ultimate sign of trust. Uh, I wanted you out of this game weeks ago. So clearly <laughs> you can trust me. Yeah. Um, we also had Donna here who genuinely does not no longer thinks that Mike is bad and just feels like she was and, and quoting her at the round table. I was an idiot. That's why I voted <laughs> you twice. I was an idiot. Oh, Donna. Um, I don't know what happened. Maybe Donna didn't get any sleep last night. <laughs> it felt like they have all talked about how Donna has changed a little bit since the beginning. Okay, but I feel like Donna changed even just from last episode. We were getting a little bit uh, off the wall, Donna, this time. 
I mean, listen, I feel like Donna's kind of been in that position for a while now where every episode, the one confessional we got from Donna guaranteed was I'm fine to get banished as a faithful. I don't mind. Whatever. It is what it is. But it feels like in this episode specifically, this close to the end, it was a but wait, I don't want that. Why are you doing that? Talk to me. Conversate with me. And they were giving her nothing this episode, honestly. So tragic. But I mean, look, here's the thing. I get it. Even like with Donna, where she's like, I don't care about the game. I just like, I want, I want friends. <laughs> it's like, that's not fun. I don't want to sit around on my final day and look back at my final day. And it was just like, oh, you remember that day that I just sat alone all the time? That was, that was my last day on that show. What a great memory. So even if Donna is completely okay with losing the game, which I don't think she truly is, not a last great memory to bring up. Yeah. And I feel like, um, then you, this is where we saw Gurleen first talk in confessional and Gurleen mentions Donna's the last person on my list. Donna is so faithful, but it's between Trevon and Mike for me. So at the very least at that point, it was between those two for Gurleen before things shifted around. Yeah. I wonder if Donna would like, she just looked at Donna and was like, maybe she's just being so frantic because she's so close to the money and winning that she just goes ahead and uh, like gets in her head and thinks, okay, maybe Donna's acting differently because she's a traitor and she knows she's about to win. And that's why she's acting differently here. Um, I would be curious to hear just how differently this was uh, <laughs> Donna was acting than the last couple rounds. And if, you know, we just haven't seen her be a uh, well, go with the flow. Let's <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is the fascinating thing about this game is that you could discount someone as they're completely faithful until you go roundabout and get back and like, was I wrong? Is that why they're still here is because I've been so confident that they've been good, that they're actually bad. And I'm going to look stupid for following them like a lemming all season. And then you get to the end and something like this can happen. Yeah. And I think that maybe Gurleen had just gotten in her head and okay, well I've trusted Leroy for so long. And if I'm now I'm doubting Leroy, then I should definitely be doubting Donna. And then I should definitely like relook at Mike and maybe Mike is good. It's like, you know, your whole game when you have just put it 100% in the hands of trusting this one specific person, but even if they're willing to go to the final two with you, your win conditions might be different and you can't actually trust them. It makes you reevaluate basically everything. And the big thing I want to point out, because I think this was really fun is looking back at Mickey, the Mickey factor. Blackmailing Mickey ended up paying so many dividends. I think when you look back at Mike's game and you rewatch the season, look at that episode. Because I think looking at it now, he picks Mickey, who is close to Leroy, and also seemingly has a close relationship to Donna. So much so that he is able to use the Mickey band, and, and Trevon pushed this, of uh, I think Mickey was the blackmail, not the original. And using that logic, he was able to pin it on Donna for being tight, and that was kind of where they were looking at for Donna, and then later push that agenda on Leroy, and also Mickey did vote Leroy and I think says something to the effect of, you know, hopefully you figure it out. And yeah. amazing that it worked uh, out. Look, I did not write down Mickey's voting line, um, but apparently it being, I hope this gives you a clue. I don't know what he could have otherwise been referring to because, uh, you know, Mickey was, was Mickey like doing nicing Mike on the way out? Like, cause Mike <laughs> was coming at him pretty hard. Like, I don't know what this was. Cause this is, uh, you know, 
fall of this falling into Mike's lap and him also recognizing it and using it to his advantage is just like phenomenal for him. Yeah. And I feel like Trevon leaving at this point is perfect for him to continue hammering this home with Gerline because Trevon was using that same logic with Kuzi's vote on Mike of the three exclamation points. That was a hint. He's using that exact same reasoning and he doesn't need Trevon around to remind him of like, Hey, uh, you, you know what? That's kind of suspect. Cause like you had that similar situation, but yeah. um, that could have been interesting. Now, you know, what wasn't that interesting, but still pretty interesting was the challenge. Scally. We got one last challenge here. I love the way Kareen delivered this. First of all, standing ovation to Kareen, who I think has easily solidified herself as top two for me uh, as far as mm-hmm. traders hosts go. I've absolutely loved everything I've seen from her from outfit changes to getting into character and just the sly way she communicates with them. I love that she insinuated that they made a mistake trusting her. And then the next scene is them all tied up, abandoned in the forest. Yep. Super fun. I think Harina has been really good over the course of the season and uh, a very interesting setup to this final challenge at the very least. Yeah. You want to uh, um, play it out and set us up for it? If anyone hasn't so- seen it cut to uh, two different groups with Trevon, Mike, and Donna and then also Leroy and Gerline uh, tied up to a stake and like a bagged over their head (laughs) where in the middle of the woods and then they find out that they are, uh, after untying themselves going to use a compass and a rope of 10 meters in length to find a bunch of bags of gold that have to be brought back to the center of the lake. Yeah, so they got to collect these bags using the directions on this piece of paper and using the 10 meter rope to follow the distance of 37 meters. All right, that's three of the length of the rope plus like a little bit. And they got to collect as many bags as they can. Each bag has what's a thousand dollars worth. Um, And then two people have to volunteer to swim to the middle of the lake where they're going to hook it up to this box. And then Kareen's helicopter is going to come pick up the box. And that's how you do the final challenge. Now, a little quieter than some of the other challenges we have seen, but I like this twist on it. I wasn't mad at it. It was fine. Honestly, I feel like the final challenges are usually a little bit grander in scale. And this one was kind of like, it was fine. It was cute. Um, I wasn't like overly uh, enthused, but uh, I had a good time watching it all the same. Yeah, I still think New Zealand has the best final uh, challenge of any trader season, and it's not close. And they didn't really do grand scale on, on much as far as production value goes, but it still was the best. So, yeah, I agree. That was a fun twist on it. I mean, even just like, let's take a speedboat. Let's do something fun. <laughs> like and I criticize uh, the challenge in particular for, you know, just uh, wasting money on things that look good in commercials and not actually are that interesting on the show. But I think maybe this was, even a little less interesting so um it was fine (laughs) i was surprised when they're using that rope and it's like okay we went 39 meters exactly now where is it and they're searching in like what looks like a 10 meter radius around it's like okay so these measurements were very inexact it seems (laughs) um so i was because at first i was like oh you measure out 39 and then obviously you dig so i would have been there forever (laughs) just digging in the ground uh when apparently these bags of gold were hidden like in between tree branches Listen, all that counts and matters is that the final total for the season is $94,500, meaning they only lost 5.5 along the way, which is pretty incredible. Not bad at all. I'm even wondering how many bags they didn't get. Like, were they not able to get the total 100 based on today's challenge? 
I don't remember if they, we were told there was a total number or not, but it seemed like they had at least four or five. But even if, you know, they missed three on one or two on one side and one on the other, not the full hundred, but that's fine. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah, but it's again, enough. it's very much close enough. And also, again, this is Canada. So the prize money's tax free. So that 94.5, they're getting the full 94.5. True, true. Yeah. So then after the challenge, we see <laughs> what we see is um, actually before the challenge, I forgot to say this. So Kareen to set up the challenge says the time has come to trust your gut. And then we get into this challenge. Ooh. That was foreshadowing that we didn't know and they didn't know until way later. But ultimately, we see a conversation with Gerline and Leroy where Leroy is reassuring Gerline of like, listen, I'm with you. You're with me. We're going to ride this out. We're the final two. This is how it's going to be. And she kept saying, I'm solid. I'm not wavering. And this did make me start feeling a little bit of doubt. I also felt like Leroy was coming up, like coming off desperate in a way that only someone who's this close to the end and has been doing a grand scheme would be behaving. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like if you compare his mannerisms and his verbiage to someone like Mike, he was coming off way more nervous than Mike was. Yeah, I can see that. I definitely can see that. I mean, I honestly, this is a point where Gurleen was like a little bit convincing to me until she's like, but also like, how do you feel about Mike? Like, should I trust him over you? <laughs> like, was kind of the vibe I was getting. Like, is he solid? Am I, a, do I have the wrong read on this? And I think Leroy needed to go a little harder at Mike, maybe even in this uh, conversation. Cause it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well, we'll work with Mike until final three. And then like, we'll figure it out. Like he needs to go with us. And so it was more Leroy thinking, I have Gurleen locked. I need to make sure that like she trusts Mike also. And it's like, mm, in reality, we need to make sure that you don't trust Mike. Yeah. Well, also we had seen Mike start planting the seed with Gurleen before this scene where he says, you know, I really think it's Leroy. And the reason I think it's Leroy is because Mickey, he wrote Leroy's name. And that could have been a, a hint that, you know, Leroy is the one. And I feel like he's been playing it very cool, calm, collected and, this is very suspect to me and I don't think it's the other two, but I don't think it's you. I want to get to the final two with you. So Mike clearly had picked which one of the pair he wanted to get to the end with. And it is fascinating to me. And I can't wait to ask him this because the entire last couple episodes, we've been learning more and more about how Leroy trusts Mike implicitly and how much Mike has been bonding with Leroy. So the fact that he worked on Gurleen instead is very interesting. I wonder if it's because he thought that, okay, well, I know Leroy's not going to say my name. So while he's not saying my name, I can say his name to Gurleen. Hmm. Interesting. I wonder if he had just already tried it with Leroy. <laughs> Leroy was like, yeah, 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 I'm good with you. But also, like, you know, Gurleen's my number one, right? <laughs> and because even at breakfast, Gurleen says stuff like, like, there's no point in hiding it. Like, I've been in a final two with Leroy all along. And I feel like they almost were too open about that at points. Yeah, they should have um, been voted out at that point. One of them. Yeah. So, um, it being that open, uh, for anyone that's thinking beyond just voting out traders, I think would be a giant red flag. And so, uh, I think that if Leroy was, because we've seen at other points, Leroy be very cut and dry with people and just like, yeah. no, here's exactly what I'm doing. And very here's blunt. exactly why I think you're like, why you're sketchy and exactly. So I could see Mike having been like, have you ever worried about Gurleen? No, not for a second. Never worried about Gurleen. I'm 100% sure she's a faithful. I'll never put her name down. Yeah, there's no room to budge with Leroy. It almost feels like there. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply now let's just get to the round table because this is the final round table of the season. It all comes down to this. And again, I can't stress this enough. I'm coming into this thinking if anyone of Trev, doesn't matter if Trevon or Donna go, if either of them go, it's bad for Mike. It's not going to end well for Mike. Now, the entire round table. So Gurleen first off kicks us off here and fully starts talking about focusing on intuition and gut and then proceeds to put all the suspicion on Trevon talking about how he was he's been consistent but also very inconsistent and that one of the key things she couldn't shake was how much he was in support of Mel B how when they all voted Koozie he voted Mike so the suspicion started pound, uh, pounding uh, gathering up on on Trevon there and at that point I feel like we didn't see anything else but Trevon's us for like ever Oh, it felt like it was the entire round table until all of a sudden Mike is like, or Donna, <laughs> like yeah, she's also here. Um, and Donna didn't really do much of a job defending herself. It was kind of like, you're right. I have been very inconsistent. You're right. I have been dumb. I've been very bad at this game. And it's like, okay, um, what's going on? Because I'm not really sure how to continue uh, either 
like uh, you're not giving me anything. So am I confirming this or am I going to back off? Like, I, I just wouldn't know how to play with that. I feel like the the point I did like that he brought up was, yes, I've been inconsistent. Yes, I've been dumb. Yes, I've messed up. But I've also been, that's right, honest. I've been honest. And I feel like that is a very underrated point to bring up. Granted, your first role as honest member of the community was admitting that you lied about your job, which I feel like already puts you a leg behind everyone else who didn't do that. Um, but I think that's the best you can do at that point is say, listen, I've been honest. I'm willing to own up when I was wrong. And I have been wrong in this game. I'm not just firmly backing my decisions, whether I was right or wrong. That is not the move. We're trying to figure some stuff out here. And it is a shame because I would have loved to have been in the room when Travon finds out that he was he had dead on the right read on Mike that previous round. Yep, 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 yep. So would have been super fun. I, I, I don't know. I think Trevon had some um, decent arguments here. I think it was tough. Uh, do you think that he had he voted Mickey in that last round? There would mm-hmm. have been just as much sus because a point that was brought up was like, you've never successfully voted for a traitor. You really like put um, a big defense in for Mel B early in the game when she was a confirmed traitor. So if he had voted for Mickey, would there have been just a little bit of like, okay, well, at least he voted out one. Well, I'll tell you what, um, for future seasons, this will not be an issue because if you look at the tape on the traders this season, anytime a trader was up for grabs, the traders voted for that person. They voted each other out. So the whole traders are going to be loyal to the end thing. I will. I think a lot of people will get snowed by that and not really think about that twice. But I do think in this instance, I think it would have helped them out at least. Yeah. And uh, especially when it is such a landslide towards that trader, um, <laughs> you feel like the other traders are trying to blend in more. And the people that are just throwing these stray votes are people who are genuinely confused and people who are not necessarily doing anything they can to stay hidden. Yeah, because I think obviously the the there's a couple of ways this can go. We, we, we play these games weekly. And if you are a on the bad team, there's like two of you and you're at the final six and the two vote on one person and the other four vote out one of the bads. The other bad is now caught and pretty much everyone's going to think it's that person no matter what. Um, Obviously, had he voted with Mickey for Leroy, it's infinitely worse. But in this instance, him just burning a vote essentially at the final six is just as bad because it doesn't come off like you have the reads. Or you were trying to not betray your trader by voting somewhere else, even though you knew the trader was leaving. It doesn't look good. You can't come off good. But I'm with you. 100% the move is just blend in with the majority. Just vote with the majority and move on. Especially if uh, they're going the direction you want. You're in paradise. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, he had that right read on it being Mike. But, unfortunately, no one else did at the same time. So. Well, that's the thing that's funny, isn't it? Is that Mike has had so much sus on him from two of the remaining five and the other two of the remaining five are in a final two duo. And we came into this round and it's as if everyone decided we were wrong too many times with Mike. Let's just drop it. It's not Mike. We're moving on from that topic because then when he when Mike switches the conversation to Donna and says, listen, Donna, I've noticed that you're not really talking in these last couple roundtables and you're just following the majority, which your point that we just brought up, that's kind of where the trader wants to be. 
And Donna, he's like, can I ask you actually why you voted for me? She's like, yeah, um, I'm an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing where people got tired of voting for what was it? The red team where it's just like, oh, well, we haven't hit it yet. So obviously we're wrong. And it's like, well, no, just because you didn't successfully vote out Mike doesn't mean that he's not a traitor. <laughs> like, because you know, even though, Oh, we've been like questioning Mike so many rounds and we never got him. So yeah, we were probably on the wrong path. It's like, Oh, or he had people protecting him. So, uh, Mike, it, it's very interesting to watch him have pulled this off successfully after having been sus so many times in the game, especially. I feel like we we literally saw something similar to this mid-season with the whole red team theory where they kept going down the list and they got to the three left in Gurleen, Leroy, and Kuzi, and they almost don't go in that direction anymore. They almost take their foot off the gas, and then that would have been lethal for them because I don't they wouldn't have gotten Kuzi out at that point. But ultimately they had one extra bit of time to do so and it worked. So had they had like one more extra round of not sussing each other and going Mike. That would have been all the difference they needed. So then we get to the vote and Trevon votes Donna and everyone else votes Trevon. Trevon is out of the game. He gets up and before he can say anything, Kareen says, Trevon, I told y'all to trust your gut. We are not revealing whether you are a traitor or a faithful. And just like that, Trevon's final words get cut short and Trevon has to leave. What are your thoughts on this twist? I love it. I want it to be I, I was hoping it was the whole finale. Honestly, <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, Traders Canada is that girl like they solved it <laughs> like this is the new finale format. Everywhere should adopt this. Um, I was a little disappointed to see that it did not carry over to the uh, fire of truth, but I was a big fan. I wonder if we're going to see this moving forward and not specifically on this round. I feel like already, I think a lot of people would agree that the fact that traitors can survive a uh, murdering, but they can't survive a banishment, that's already half of the murderings that they can, or eliminations that they can avoid. So it makes no sense to give them more power. But I like the idea of randomly once or twice a season, we have this. We have this twist where the con- there's no confirmation on the identity. I feel like that could be, that could be a fun wrinkle in the mix. And that could be something fun that we can see moving forward. I'm very curious that once we get to the interviews on Wednesday to ask all five of them uh, or four of them, because Trevon leaves, obviously, and see what if that impacted their decisions or their minds on anything. Because, again, I was so snowed by a wrong theory that I was like, it doesn't matter if they reveal everything or nothing, because Gurleen and Leroy are going to stick together and vote together and they're going to be the final two. So it does not matter. So we've long been searching for a way to pump up, to uh, punch up some of these challenges. Now, what if there was a wrinkle to the challenges? We're sure they're collecting money for the pot, but Mm -hmm. also let's say like the traders can have a side mission in the challenge where they're sabotaging something and making it harder for them to gain money. And then if they successfully pull off the sabotage, then that's how the role of the person banished does not get revealed each round. See, that's tough because I was going to say my, my thought was going to be, what if you give the traders one or two blindfold rounds where mm-hmm. they can choose for this night, the person's role does not get revealed. But then I was like, well, that's already giving them more power than they, they already can't get eliminated for half these rounds. So I feel like that would make it way more lopsided. 
but I would love to find a way that they can do this because obviously I think not revealing at all throughout the season is a mistake because they literally have nothing to go off of. We're seeing so many people use confirmation bias to come up with new theories. Some of them are right. Some of them are dead wrong. And I feel like that makes it fun. But especially here, I love that we go into the final four with a, hmm, we could have already gotten out the trader, y'all. And maybe we just keep the game the same. Now, obviously, I feel like the fact that Trevon was the one voted out, they all kind of felt okay about him regardless. And they were always going to vote here no matter what. But if this was any other person voted out, I could see something different happening. Yeah. Now, my thing, I was a little worried about, sure, are we giving more power to the traders? But... If it's a sizable enough sabotage, then you really got to put yourself out there in a challenge to do this. And then theoretically, the faithfuls could gain more information by keeping an eye on who's sabotaging this challenge. I mean, maybe Rick was ahead of his time thinking, you know, May's sabotaging challenges. She's a traitor. And, you know, I think that if there was something actually tangible that the faithfuls could go on, then maybe that advantages both sides and we balance out a little bit. Okay. I, f- I figured it out, Scout. You ready? Oh. So you know how the shield protects you from uh, murder? Okay. If a trader opens the right thing and finds the shield, it's not the shield. It's a this. You can't confirm the identity. Because again, it doesn't matter if it's them that get identity sealed. It's that anyone that goes out that night, they won't know. And that could, especially if they had a lot of suspicion on them, they won't know. And that could put a wrinkle in the mix, especially if they get this like early on. I don't think it makes that big of a difference, but it could add a fun wrinkle. Okay. Yeah, I'm open to like options on this because I think it's a very fun wrinkle, especially I just think at the finale, it's uh, very fun because even if it's like... Okay, there's like a let a less cutthroat group and you get it confirmed or not confirmed in the first vote that, oh, okay, this person was a traitor. Then like if people are not so cutthroat, then they might stop voting. But if it's never confirmed, we gotta keep doing these votes. We gotta mm-hmm. keep betraying people. We gotta keep giving me entertainment. So I'll be happy. <laughs> yeah, I It's funny because obviously they don't know the exact number of people that become traitors, but by the end game, they pretty much figured out, okay, there was a blackmail. Mickey's the one that's blackmailed. So there's gotta be one more sitting here. And especially when you get to the fire of truth, when everyone's firing off faithful, faithful, you're, you're just going to keep firing until you hit one. So now obviously at the final four, the first person says faithful, you vote again. And if you vote wrong, it's over. It's fully done. Um, so it's just funny because we are, I think we can think about this, maybe think tank here on the off season and come up with some fun ideas that we can just release into the universe. And if they get used, they get used. If they don't, they don't. It's cool. There we go. Yeah. I'm very, uh, I'm open to hearing ideas because I really like the show, but you know, it's in its infancy. Let's watch it grow. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I want to say kudos to the Traders Canada production, not only for this twist, but also the, the uh, twist with the uh, you can skip banishment or you can skip murder that I thought that was a lot of fun adding in the 10k that way was a good way to go um, they're doing new stuff and that I do appreciate infinitely because if they, all the formats were samey samey then that could make it a little bit dull and I like that they're trying new stuff I like that they're trying they're throwing in new things for uh, people to figure out and and you know mess with it's, but, like the fact that they threw this in Scally we're just 
right now having a discussion about what it could do. And if we didn't see this, we wouldn't have this piece at all. No, nope, I wouldn't about. have thought of it. So mm-hmm. good job to whoever did. Yeah. Kudos. Uh, ask for a raise. You, you earned this one. <laughs> Give them the race. <laughs> yeah. All right. So then we get to a very commercial ridden fire of truth, Scally. We got like three commercials in the span of this fire of truth, but it's interesting. So we get to the final four and we see Donna talk about how she had an incredible time. She thought it'd be way easier as a psychic medium, uh, but it was not. Leroy says he feels like a bit like a bit like he's a deer in the headlights. Gerline says she was tossing and turning about what her next move is. And Mike says it has to be me and Gerline at the end. I have no other choice. It's a 50-50 shot now of where I can get here. Yep, yep, yep. So look at that. I know Donna says that she thought this game would be easier as a psychic medium. Donna's still our best medium we've ever had on the show. <laughs> Easily, right? Because yeah. uh, the close, the as far as finishing position, placement, <laughs> yeah. she. I don't remember how did Sarah was her name from AU2 about close to the end as well, a five or a four as well. But I would say Donna did the best of the psychic mediums. And believe it or not, if you've only watched Canada, we've had three, if I remember correctly, across the different franchises, (laughs) at least, if not four somewhere. Yeah. I don't remember if there was a fourth, but yeah, I think Donna, look, she's down on her game. And I don't think Donna played the best game in the world, but. Maybe the best of the mediums <laughs> might be able to hang our hat on that. You always have that and you are very fun. And that's all we can ask for. The audience had a good time with you. So we'll take it. All right. So, yeah, what was it? No. Um, let's see. Okay. So immediately, Kareen sets the stage. You're going to have this fire. If the fire goes green, that means you've said end game. If it goes red, we're banishing again. If one person says banish again, you're banishing no matter what. All four of them choose red. We're banishing again. And we immediately go into a vote. The vote was clear cut. Okay. Donna votes for Mike. Lira, Gerlina, Mike vote for Donna. Donna is out. Um, and Gerlina does say in confessional, she was the most certain about Donna, the least certain about Leroy slash Mike. Here's what I'm going to ask you, Scott. Uh, <laughs> Should... Gerlene had talked to Donna and tried to get the vote on one of the two of them. Because ultimately, if she's certain about Donna, what is the point of getting to the three if you are certain that Donna is good? Yep. 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 That's 100% it. I think that if you wanted to turn on Leroy, then vote him out here. (laughs) Like, if you're going to make the move regardless, do it here, and then you and Donna can vote out Mike at three. Like, you know, let's take them both out. So, uh, I if she had a change of heart and she wanted to see if Donna was bad first, and then only then would she continue to vote out Leroy. But I was under the impression at first that they weren't even going to get the confirmation on Donna. So I was like, if you're the most certain on her, let's keep her around. One of these seasons, Scally, we're going to have a final four vote. They're going to vote the traitor out, and we're going to see two cutthroat faithfuls take one more person out to split the money two ways and not three ways. I know it's going to come. I can't wait for when it does. And we need it to happen. Quite frankly, I, I would it. like for that to happen. 
I want it. But do you think they'll admit it? Are they going to be like, we know you're a faithful, but we're just really greedy because I want them to. Girlene just said Donna. She's the most certain about Donna and yeeted her out at final four still. Yeah, but I think if she was the most certain, like still at this vote and she thought like it's 100% Leroy, then why not vote him here? Why like wait? Yada, yada, yada. So, um, I don't know. I think maybe her mind had changed. She was like, all right, well, let's go with Donna. And then if not Donna, we still go with Leroy. Yeah. So they vote out Donna. Donna then gets to confirm whether or not she's a traitor, which I, again, we both thought I, I'm pretty sure that, uh, yeah, okay. Donna's not going to reveal and walk away, but no, that's not what happened here. Yeah. I would have rather kept it a secret. Yeah. I, I think, I think at this point, if you had Final Five secret, keep this one a secret too. Um, but that's also funny because, again, I thought this was such a surefire ending that it didn't matter. And ultimately, now I'm curious if that would have changed Gerlene's mind to be like, you know what? Let me just keep Leroy. You know, ultimately, that'll be fine. Because let's get to the final three now. We get to the final three, another commercial break, we come back. Boom, boom, boom. All three vote to banish again. And we go to commercial again, immediately, literally within three minutes. And now we see Leroy vote for Mike. But Scally, this is something I've been waiting to see happen. They got to talk a little bit as they're revealing their votes, which I was very much in for. Um, And I feel like this is where Leroy, again, came off very desperate, very much like, well, I'm sticking to this final two. And. I believe in it and I think it should happen. And I think it's best for both of us. If it happens, I feel like there wasn't enough pointing at Mike being bad as much as it was. Hey, Gerline, it's been you and me. Forget this dude. It's you and me to the end. I feel like he needed to push it on Mike with some more reasoning. Cause I wonder, I mean, we did see a conversation which seemed like it was Leroy and Gerline talking about how like, okay, we trust each other and we trust Mike, but let's just be selfish and take the money and like, let's make more money and what we've been like hoping to see. But I wonder if that made Gerline a little doubtful in terms of like, but like, would Leroy do this? Like this guy who's been so like honorable and trustworthy all season and played such a straightforward game. Would he screw over Mike for no reason? Is it actually because he's a traitor and he wants to just lock me in as a final two and make sure. So maybe that's what it was. Maybe that was the downfall um, in that he also was blinded by Mike and just wanted to get down to the final two for, you know, a bigger prize pool for him and Gerline. Yeah. Yeah. Potentially that could be the case, but then Scally, I would like for you, I'm, I believe I'm assuming you have the notes of what Gerline says before she reveals her vote. Cause then uh-huh. Mike does his vote reveal and essentially says everything he already told Gerline and us in that, you know, the whole Mickey vote and the bet and the recruitment. So you tell us what Gerline said. Gerline says she almost only went with her heart, not her mind. So they almost had her. She's voting for Leroy. I was Lord when she said and they almost had me I thought wow Mike got very close but it didn't work and then she said Leroy and I was like no you did not go Leroy holy crap and this is the thing I feel like and and you tell me how you feel so Leroy has been very much preaching integrity you know the many many roundtables we've seen him vote someone be like i'm not a fan of these weird tactics you've been using in you know voting out kevin and 
Rick. And I feel like if I'm Gurleen, I'm like, this guy's been preaching this all along. I'm going to stay with him. And if he's all about that integrity, I just made 50. If he's lying, then all the beef is on him. Because this close to the end, introducing new evidence, like, you know, it's, it's like that feeling of, um, it's like you were so certain about a question, like you're doing a test, right? And you, and it's been a minute since I've done a test. So I'm about to have bad flashbacks, Scally. But it's like doing a math test and you're like, oh, problem three, easy. X equals 20, move along. And then you have enough time at the end to revise your shit. And you're like, okay, I need to go back to question eight. And you're like, oh, let me just like look at all of them. And you look at three and you start second guessing yourself. It's almost always better to just leave that and focus on the other stuff at that point. And I feel like this close to the end, you and Leroy had something good. The addition of Mike is what's made you start questioning this. Mike is bad. Mike is bad. Mike is bad. I was so floored at this decision. It was tough. I mean, so many people say like, trust your, like, you're like, Gurleen learned a lesson. Like you always got to trust your gut, but like, I don't know. My gut is wrong sometimes. Um, like I am not always the most reliable on initial reads. So uh, I think that it's tough. It is going to like be confirmation bias at a certain point. Uh, and I feel for Gurleen here. I understand that I probably would have just went with, who I had been aligned with that whole time, because even if that was the case, like this was my friend the whole time, like I yeah. would be very convinced uh, by Mike. And so that's why I find it even more impressive what Mike was able to do. Absolutely. Cause I feel like if you're sitting there and, and you're truly between a rock and a hard place, you're thinking, all right, this is someone I've bonded with from jump. So it's basically, let's put it this way, Scally, you and I have been working closely the entire season of traders Canada here. And Last second, I get a message from Peridium. He's like, hey, Puya, how about I come and do the, the finale with you? It'll be better for you. And I'm like, hmm, I don't know. He's raising some points, but I want to see this through with you because we've been in the thick of it together. We've had to vote out our friends together. We've had to laugh and cry together. If you win that money, I'm going to be a little salty because you played me, but also at least you won it and not someone that I might not have been as close to potentially. Yeah, I mean, it's true. I mean, it's good to know that Peridium made really good points of why I shouldn't be here. Um, but otherwise, I agree. I think that uh, I just am generally going to end up sticking with that person. And I think you're just going to be like, even if you're wrong, a little more satisfied than if you're wrong in the other direction. And uh, it's playing not to lose the worst almost at a certain point. But if you have nothing else to go on, I think it's hard not to make that decision. Yeah, I feel like and, and, you know, I have this with my fantasy uh, football or basketball team all the time where I've had a person locked in my lineup and then with like an hour to go, I start looking at it. I'm like, oh, I should switch it. And I'll tell you this. Anytime I've had the wrong person in, I'm more upset if I switch last second than I am if I, you know, had the wrong person from the beginning and then I didn't switch last second. That hurts way more. And obviously, I, I can't wait to talk to Gurleen and get her insight on everything and how she feels. Because obviously, you see her go through it. The minute Leroy says, I am a faithful, she's broken. She fully feels like crap. She feels like she betrayed him. She feels like she got betrayed. And it is a lot of emotion going through her in that moment. I just want to hear what it was that made early doubt Leroy in this last like what did Leroy change about the way that he was playing because 
he seemed very consistent. I mean, even now he talks about how he's proudly indigenous, proudly a firefighter, proudly a family man and proudly a faithful. It's like this man has seemed very consistent, uh, one of the most consistent players on the season. And so for it to be changed up at the last minute, I'm wondering if he really was as shaky on this last day as uh, you picked up on or what it was. Uh, was Mike just making that good of an argument? Um because, I mean, you can see it from the point of Gurlina's just like, oh, I had that feeling that Leroy was tricking me and I didn't take it and I didn't trust my gut. Like, because this is her gut on the last day. <laughs> like, you know, and so you could really yeah, like frame it either way of she had this idea and now she doesn't follow it. And just like, oh, if I had just like trusted myself, like I would have been right. And so. I don't know. You can really frame it any which direction, but it just sucks when you end up betraying a friend and being wrong. It's like the worst of both worlds, right? It's really the worst of both worlds. And I, and I, again, I do think I should, I'm, I might, listen, I might mess around and watch the episode again on the plane. Who knows? But I feel like to me, I've watched the end game of traders of different franchises play out a bunch of times now. And typically at that end, the traders always like ooh, hand on the head, like really like doing either play acting or really going through nerves. And I think Mike stonewalled it like he fully didn't seem like he was shaking or concerned whatsoever. Whereas you could tell Leroy literally comes into this and says he feels like a bit, a bit like a deer in headlights, which he had no reason to. He has a final two at a final four. He should be fine. But the fact that Mike was able to be so confident and so calm through it all and Leroy was looking a little nervous, I feel like that's not good. And now either Gurleen wasn't giving him the reassurances he was looking for, which made him this way, or just getting to the end really made him feel like, oh my God, I hope nothing goes wrong. And then that panic started setting in a little bit. But Mike, I think, outdid himself. I think the only other person I've seen at that final Traitor's Fire of Truth that has done really well was in season one of the U.S. season that we just watched this year. So. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think that Mike's game, I mean, when we talked about where we would end up ranking, should Mike win? Um, I was like, I got to see how he wins. Like, that's what I got to see. And impressing girl, like uh, <laughs> uh, convincing Gurleen and Leroy to turn against each other, essentially, or either one of them was going to always be the most impressive way that he could do that. Now, I wonder if there was maybe another path on the table that would have been a little safer. But Mike's a showman. <laughs> Yeah, he is a showman. I, I love the way he went about it, especially when he is asked now to reveal his role. Because, OK, so first of all, Corrine says, Gurleen, are you a traitor or faithful? And Gurleen's like, oh, no, no, because she knows what she is. Um, and then Mike starts and kind of, you know, says, I love the game. I did this. I enjoyed the connections I made. And I the reveal was great. I really feel like the reveal was great because then he's like, I was a traitor. And then Gurling says, were you an OG or from the beginning? He's like, I was the original. She's like, good for you. <laughs> good for you. You, like, you really are a magician. And you know what? He really is. Yeah, it was wild. Um, uh, just like an extremely impressive game played by Mike. And I, it has to be so hard as a traitor to stand oh up my there God. and be like, yeah, like I want to be really happy, but this person is so devastated. And in like any other show, like 
you are there's like one winner and here it's like oh my god we made it to the end we're winning together and to watch that person's realization that that is not in fact what happened that you have betrayed them and lied to them all season is just like devastating (laughs) i i've said this before i'll say it again i think i am a good player when cameras are off and i'm doing it through voice in these games we play weekly i think i'm a good analysis of the show when i'm watching it i have good reads of like playing it from home i would be so bad at this galley as a trader because i think i think it would start getting to me i really i i think already i can't hide it in my face well when i play these games i've played mafia in person a couple times and i crumble i get very irritated when people start prodding me whether or not i'm bad mind you so i feel like i would not be able to and obviously the money might influence me and like if i make connections that might influence me so you never really know until you play in the cast you're with so obviously we don't know but i would tell you right now that if i applied for this show i wouldn't be like 100k is mine i don't think i who knows (laughs) <laughs> I think I would do okay until the moment, like if I'm Mike and it's like Gurleen votes for Leroy, I'd be like, <gasps> like I would give it away in that moment. Like, oh my God, I just won. Like that is where I would lose it. I'd be like, I'm so sorry. Like I'm so, and Gurleen would have to be telling me to be quiet. Like that is where I would just absolutely melt is in that moment when. Really? Oh uh, yeah. I think that just like, it's, it's so, like while it's still a game and while we're still playing I feel like it's like well I have to do this and then the moment I don't have to do it anymore is where I'm just like oh my god I actually feel really guilty <laughs> like and I'm very happy I won but oh my god this person is standing here and they're just like absolutely devastated uh, and that's where I would start feeling really guilty so I that's what's running through my head as I'm watching Mike because I'm like wow this is like really fun and exciting for you but I understand like the complex emotion you are probably feeling at this moment so see, for me, that's the, the once once she votes Leroy, I think that's when I'm like, I've won. Now, let me be shady or like milk it. Let me like because I've won. I've won. Right. Let me. I love this. This is one of my favorite. I would say, is it a prank to do where you firmly lie about something that's like minuscule, but then you reveal it after. Um, I enjoy this no. It's a hobby of mine. No, I'm so like I and like I don't wish this on girly and I like I think that anyone gets tricked. It's fine. It's just like my own things. When I feel dumb, it's the worst thing in the world. I hate it so much. It like literally makes me want to melt. And so if I get to the end and I'm that singular person standing there who had the wool pulled over my eyes, like I will curl up into a ball and just walk off set. Like I will not handle that well. I will really be very upset. <laughs> like, oh my God, I look so dumb. Like, and just, and I think that it, I don't know which would be worse, but like, even if it was just like, oh, I went to the end with my friend and they tricked me, like, I would just be like, oh my God, I would do all season was just talking about how I'm so convinced and I'm so smart. And I like, yeah, do it for TV. I want the airtime, but. Uh, looking dumb is just really it gets me it really gets me (laughs) i just feel like at this point it's so close to like the end where you should now obviously if i'm taking the faithful's feelings into consideration i'm immediately going into nurture mode of like i'm so sorry you have every right to hate me if you don't want to talk to me again that's cool and it depends who i'm standing at the end with by the way Mm. if i'm standing with you at the end I'm milking it. I'm standing next to Liana at the end. Come here. I'm so sorry. Yeah. If you don't want to like talk to me every guy, I get it. I'll sleep on the couch. Like I fully get it. It depends on the person. 
Yeah, and that's why I'd walk off set. <laughs> I'd just be done. I'd be so done. Scally's <laughs> pushing cameramen around. Move out of the way. I'm done. Yeah. I'm out of the air. Yeah, no, I'd be, yeah, I'm not Donna. Like, I'm not like, oh, I'm willingly getting voted out as a faithful. Like, no, <laughs> like, I wish you voted me out because now I look stupid and I'm not happy to look stupid. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I, I'm so curious. We obviously are going to have a fun time talking to the five people who were in the finale here. Again, if you have any questions that you want asked of any of these contestants, feel free to find us on Twitter at Pleism at Brown underscore Scally. We will be not, we're not talking to them tomorrow. So you have a full day to marinate on it. If you have any questions that you are thinking of or come to mind, we're interviewing them Wednesday morning. So you have some time before then. Um, as far as tonight's episode though, Scally, we do have some questions from the audience Ooh. that uh, I'm going to pull up here and ask you uh, number one question. Okay. Will this season be remembered as why the faithfuls are more likely to lose or why traders are more likely to win? Ooh, that's interesting because I feel like some of the discussion as of late had been, is it easier to win as a faithful? Uh, you know, I feel like that had been a little bit of the discussion topics or are faithfuls more likely to win at the end of the season, actually, uh, I should say. And I think that this is going to be a pretty decent argument for not always this you know faithfuls can really get into their own heads especially mm -hmm. when you introduce that one round of doubt um so i think that it is a very good argument for uh that side of the column yeah i feel like the thing is i feel like the general gist is that the traders are always more likely to win i think the traders like you know when the season starts if there was a projection, the traders have it. They have the projection. They're three out of 20 people in a cast. They can only get banished. They cannot get murdered. So already they're in a better footing. But this is similar to Battleship, where if you're playing Battleship, but every person has one, like you have one ship versus the faithfuls have nine ships. You're constantly hitting on the battleships. But if they get one of your battleship tiles, you're screwed as a trader. Like you're in a very tough spot and now you have to play the rest of the game fighting this allegations, yeah. the suspicions and all that. So I think to begin with, the traders obviously have the upper hand, but the right crop of faithfuls, they can get there. And if we start seeing emergent strategy, Scally, which I truly feel like one of the things I loved about this season of Traders Canada is that I feel like the faithfuls actively talked about strategic movements keeping traders close, but not voting them out, kind of trying to marinate the traders back or reverse marinate. And also seeing Gerline say something like, I'm very sure that Donna is a faithful and still proceeding to vote out Donna. I feel like seeing stuff like this really does to me prove that faithfuls have just as good a chance as winning as long as they are able to, again, suss out the traders and then keep them close and avoid getting murdered by them. Obviously it's a longer and harder route to get to the same destination. That is a win as, as opposed to the traders. But I think it's more doable than people realize. Now, obviously individually speaking traders always, but if you're talking holistically with 17 people versus three, that was 17 and five of them know what they're doing. They can get there. Yeah, I think it gave me a renewed sense of faith in the traders pulling it off in the finale. Because I think I just thought that it was uh, so difficult to get down to that final two spot. Mm -hmm. And I think that uh, because that's like basically where you got to get as a trader. And I think Mike has proven me wrong. 
mm-hmm. definitely did a really good job of getting to where he needed to be. And once again, through now two Australia seasons, one UK, one New Zealand, one US, and now one Canada, all six outcomes, different endings. I really love that about this show. And this is one of the reasons why it's been probably my favorite show to cover is because the out we're getting to the end and the results can only be traders one faithfuls one, but we're getting different ways that these wins are happening. And I do love that. The fact that Mike gets to the final five as the sole trader and wins is ludicrous to me. Only good gameplay can get you there. So I absolutely love that we got to watch this play out. And again, kudos to Mike for truly doing the unthinkable, actually winning when we thought his odds had gone to zero. Yeah, no, I agree. I it's very, very impressed. And I enjoy that there are so many different ways that the show could potentially end. I agree. Mm -hmm. Next question. Um, is there anybody in here? So we, we've been playing this exercise on the exit interviews with these contestants. We're like, Hey, Kareem calls you up and says round two, let's go. Scally. I know the answer is going to be a lot of these people. So I'm limiting you to three names. Give me three people. You would like to see give traders a second shot at some point. Does it have to be next season? Could be four years from now. Could be next year, whatever. Three only though. Go. Oh, that's so hard. Um, Hmm. I nearly said two, so be happy. <laughs> oh my god, two! <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is so hard. It's hard because I'm trying to think of like who did we see everything there was to see from them, but then also like who was like who was still really good, but didn't show us like everything they had. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's where I'm looking. Um, and I feel like if I was gonna call two people back, mm-hmm. I would go with May. May was number one on my list. I agree. Um, and uh, I think I would go Koozie ultimately as my number two. Where are you at? I think so. For me, May was obviously up there for me. Um, the other person, because I'm trying to see it, I'm trying to also mentally think of it as I really like you, but I've also seen you like on multiple shows. So I don't mind if I don't see you. It's fine. Like, you know, I still love you, but you know, I want to see other people. I think I want Rick back. That was my other one. I was just debating if like, are we getting a different Rick? If we see him again, I kind of feel like we're I, getting the same Rick. I think the we're same getting Rick is great a Rick. Same Rick is good TV, but I think we're going to get a more refined Rick at now, you know, having played a social strategy game, I could see him coming in a little bit more different, a little bit more having studied the tapes a little closely, perhaps, you know? I think it'd be really fun to see Rick on another social strategy show. I don't know if it's the traders for me, but mm-hmm. I would like if he shows up, I'm still going to be thrilled. Yes. Um, I think if I was given one more answer, I think I'm going fierce. I think give me fierce on another social strategic show. Messy, messy, fierce would be a lot of fun. I do concur with that. I think my answer would be my third pick. This is tough. I do kind of want to break my own rule and like name three other people, but I won't do that. Now, having seen Gerline get got at Ooh. the end, I really feel like Gerline was coming into her own. We were getting a lot of strategic confessionals from Gerline, someone who we didn't see the first half of the season. I would like to see how Gerline plays a second time, having had this loss and also having those strategic thoughts percolating throughout the season by the second half. I think she would be a fun addition for our next one. 
I completely agree. I just think there's so many people and there's people like on this season that I thought were really good that we just didn't even get to see enough of. Um, so I don't know. I hope we see a lot of them in some way, shape or form. Yes. Okay. So the next question is, uh, do you think it would work for a trader or traders to recruit their team from the start instead of production, picking three, one or two traders invite their own teammates during the first episode? Interesting. So let's say that they recruit two traders and then they get to unanimously, the two of them pick a third themselves. How do you feel about that? I don't think I want it because I feel like the I feel like production kind of knows best a little bit here. Um, I because what are the you know, we've always been team recruit someone who is more likely to get voted out than you. So I guess they, they could just do that and pick. The they might do that out the jump. Yeah. Yeah. And we just mm-hmm. lose them right away. And it really wasn't all that interesting. Or they are like, oh, well, we want someone on our team who's going to like blend in well. And they're like quiet. And it's like, well, that's not the most fun TV either. So I have faith in production. I would prefer to leave it in their hands rather than like, okay, draft your team of traders yourself. Yeah. All things said and considered, especially just looking at this cast and focusing on this one, I feel like if let's say it was Koozie who was picked and then Koozie got to pick two more people and then it's Kevin Koozie and Erica, we don't get the Kevin as a faithful arc. We don't get the shock exit of Erica out the gate. And I feel like those really made the season interesting for me, especially the Kevin versus Koozie of it all, the Kevin versus Fierce. Like a lot of these things wouldn't have happened had we let them decide. I think they ended up picking a very fun crop of three that we didn't expect coming into the season. I genuinely thought at least two of the strategic social strategy people were going to get picked. We only got one in Koozie and then we got Mike and we got Mel B. So I I did like that Mel B got sussed out immediately. Mike was very fun to watch. Be sussed for a lot of the game, but be able to like continuously hide that and by the end kind of reverse that and and get away with so much murder, literally. So I think let him cook is my thought on that. I think they knew what they were doing. We got really fun, a really fun three here. And uh, even looking at the other international uh, English speaking seasons, I can rarely think of a flop, a tra- uh, flop trader. That's very rare. In what context flop trader? Uh, just in terms of like, they didn't deliver on the show. Maybe they got voted out early, but they did, they still delivered in most cases. I'm like crossing my T's and dotting my eyes thinking of everyone. And I think I agree with you. I think yeah. I agree with you as well. Yeah, I've I've not had any issues. I've had no qualms. So yeah, rarely, I would no. say. <laughs> I feel like there's some that I just don't remember much because, like you said, they went out very early. Um, but ultimately, I think it's fine. I think we're fine here. Let them cook. Okay. Yeah. The next question I have for you is: um, This person came in late, but they wanted to know if we had discussed the red dress yet. Oh, we red did dress not. was phenomenal what a finale look uh kareen delivered all season uh as we said she's been eating so very Mm -hmm. much glad to see that that continued all the way through the finale well scally i have a question of my own for you oh we have now completed the season of traders canada i would like your ranking of the hosts from the four franchises the four franchises aren't there five Um, five franchises (laughs) (laughs) i was like i know there's five but i messed up it's fine um i think and i'm gonna go by um country at the moment now yeah that's fine that's I'm easier gonna go uk number UK one number one We're all, same still, list so far claudia boy mm-hmm, same. um i think now my answer would have been different 
if we had only had one season of each. So I think that Kareem could overtake in the future. I, I think, think you will. I think I would go AU second. I yeah, think that's my top three. AU in Canada. I think that he really found, and I'm blanking on his name, but I think uh, he Roger. really Roger. I think yeah, I think Roger was super fun in season two. I think he really found his footing, um, and it's just like it felt a little more comfortable for mm-hmm. me um, in a way that Claudia felt initially. So I thought Roger was a ton of fun. I think Karina is well on her way there, and she's my number three. Uh, four Allen, five New Zealand. Yeah, five New Zealand firmly, no debate, no discussion. For me, the reason why I ended up putting Kareen second over Roger is because I liked Kareen's first season more than I liked Roger's first season. But I agree, Roger in season two had me in a chokehold and immediately launched himself up the rankings for me very easily. And I feel like if Alan overcomes the very clearly I'm playing a persona and I'm not really being me, I think I might like him more. But ultimately, I know he's looking at it as a role and i feel like it doesn't feel authentic and it doesn't need to feel authentic mind you but it's not for me i prefer the more like natural approach i still enjoy what he does it's just like a personal preference Mm -hmm. thing um knowing alan coming i don't think he's gonna change it very much um but i'll still enjoy it it's still a good time yeah, it'll be fine. Um, the next question I have for you is do you think Mike and Gurleen had a stronger relationship than we saw on the show? I would imagine so. I would imagine almost every relationship on the show was stronger than we saw. Um, <laughs> you know, it was kind of only 42 minutes. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that it was probably hidden. And I wonder if Leroy and Gurleen's was maybe even played up a tiny bit. But uh, I don't think that they were BFFs or anything. But I think if Gurleen was to rank who she was the closest to out of this final five, I think Mike is probably number two. I mean, given that after she votes out Leroy and Leroy is a faithful, she says, I feel betrayed. She had to have had a closer connection to Mike than what we were what we were privy to. Obviously, it also was very evident that Mike slid in when Koozie was removed. So I feel like Mike has been doing a good job of both marinating, probably laying it on thick and really like chanting and, and you know, preaching that, hey, you and me to the end together. So yeah. we'll find more about it in the exit interview. I have one last question for you. And it's a bit of a big one. It's a, it's a couple two-parter perhaps. Oh okay. So we'll focus on part one. Okay. Where do you rank Traders Canada? So now we just did this with the hosts. Let's do it with the shows. Oh, the shows overall. Let's Not do overall because I feel like it'll become very ticky tack to be like, all right, AU1 here, AU2 here. And I just think overall is probably the move. All right. Well, then number franchises. Number one, I'm still going UK. Same. <laughs> Two better deliver, damn it, because we're like number one on everything. And that was the first season we saw before any of these other seasons, at least me personally. Yep. So, yeah. Now, I think where this uh, Canada was maybe hurt in the hosting category by only having one season, I think maybe uh, the other franchise that I had in its place was maybe... Um, the average is a little lesser than its first season's parts, I would say. Uh, so I think I have Canada number two. I think I have Australia three, US four, New Zealand five. US four, New Zealand five. I, okay. So I have a bit of a bias with US because I know, I knew a lot of the cast coming in and I was there for the characters. I really enjoyed it. But I think if everyone there was an anonymous person, like if you kind of like were able to remove the names and it, everyone was like pixelated, I think I would put U.S. last. 
Um, I really do. I think New Zealand was a very fun season. They tried some new stuff, which I liked. Um, AU, I enjoyed both the seasons for different reasons, but I had a good time with them. Uh, And obviously, UK and Canada, uh, one and two is easily the decision. And again, I say this very much meaning it, no matter which one is last. So let's say I say US is last. I still really enjoyed it. I love the traders, y'all. I love this format. I love this franchise. So that doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean it was a bad season. It means yeah. that, you know, simply put, it's just lower than those ones, but they're all good for me. Yeah. There's never been a stretch of the traders longer than two or three episodes where I've been bored. <laughs> like it's in general. Dumb. Yeah. If we're ranking episodes, there's some stinkers. Make no mistake. Yeah. But, but overall, Overall, it's very rare. It's a good time all around. The The length of the season is long enough that you care, but short enough that you don't get like, oh, is it over already? Um, and, and, you know, especially this is the only format where we've had a weekly. Every other season is boom, 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 like three weeks and you're done the whole show anyway. So even if an episode was bad, the next night there's a new episode to watch. So it'll wipe it out. So, yeah. 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 And I think there were, I don't know if there were any real clunkers this season, episode wise. So very strong showing from Canada on season one. Yeah. Okay. Listen, Canada delivered with everything that they did. I ended up loving, and, and again, I also try and think about the fact that I have a lot more added context with this season because of our exit interviews and because of how welcoming the entire cast has been to talking to us. They've been so kind with their time. They've been so kind with their answers. They've been supportive. We've been getting lovely messages throughout the season. And I feel like I'm trying not to let that taint anything for me as far as like ranking it highly. But I do think that just watching the edited show, there was so much more context added than some of these other franchises. And I think they did a good job of narrating the whole thing. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, The other part of that question I had was, did Traders Canada do something right that you prefer the other versions to emulate and slash or do you wish they implemented something? Hmm. I mean, we talked about the twist. I did really enjoy Mm -hmm. these twists over um, anything else that I can really remember on other franchises in terms of uh, twists. I think this was probably my favorite set of them. I did personally like the weekly airing. Um, if it's not going to be a binge, I think I'm a weekly airing boy uh, at this point. So uh, that also contributed to it as well. Mm-hmm. And um, I think they did a better job in balancing the uh, screen time for some of these cast members. There were people that we didn't get to see a whole lot of, mm-hmm. but it was not as bad as some of the other Trader seasons that we've seen internationally. By the time we get to like the final six, seven, we knew them all very well. And I feel like mm-hmm. some of these other shows, you can't say the same about some of these shows. We've gone to the final three. I'm like, who's that person? So I yep. definitely co uh, signed that. And I will say, I feel like the, the tough part was the first couple of weeks where we were so used to watching Traders on a binge or like, three episodes at a time, two episodes at a time that I felt like this isn't enough. By the time we got to the end, it was perfect. I loved it. The weekly really was a lot of fun to play. And at this point I have now covered a show where they dropped all the episodes one day and I did the whole podcasting series in, in like 24 hours and we've done this and I've enjoyed both. So I don't think you can quite go wrong, but I love that they took that shot and they did this despite no other franchise having done it this way and it worked out. So I was happy to see that as well. Yeah, really worked for me. You know, if I'm not going to sit down and binge an entire series, then I want time between the episodes to let them breathe, let us discuss them. And Mm -hmm. Traders Canada gave us that. Yeah. Scally, I have one last question for you, and this might be just for you and me. So I do apologize to anyone who might not know what we're about to talk about for the next two seconds here. But if 
there was a role in Goose Goose Duck that you wanted to add into the show for some added fun. What would that role be? So now I always feel like having a third team in the mix is very mm. interesting. Like a neutral. So, like a neutral role, not really on either team. Problem being, I think having another killing team is probably going to be too many eliminations per episode. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe they could only kill a couple times a season, something like that. Um, I have a, the answer. Uh, like the Dodo would be so fun. <laughs> that, so my answer is the Dodo or the Jester. If you're you know, thinking of other games, basically your objective as that role is you're trying to get banished. You're trying to get voted out. And I think it would be fun if you have 20 people and three of them are traitors. 16 of them are faithful. One of them is this role where they're not even really playing the main game. They're trying to get banished. If they are successfully banished, they get 10K and yep. they just leave. Because I think that would add so much more chaos to the game itself. And also, if they get murdered, they get nothing. So they have to be very, very, very clearly trying to get banished without getting murdered. I think that would be a very fun twist where they're not just guaranteed 10K for leaving the game. They have to get banished. Yeah, I agree. I think that they it's something like, OK, everyone in the whole cast, like one by one goes into a room like you check. Yes, I want to be included in the dodo draw. Check. No, I don't <laughs> want to be. Then one more time you go through. There are as many people that check. Yes, they draw something like, yeah, you are the dodo. No, you're not the dodo. And so like it is completely random. It is opt in so that someone um, has a choice. Uh, ideally, it's not just like know randomly being assigned would even be my preference like because they ask like do you want to be a traitor people you're given the opportunity to say no so i think that even if you attach a pretty sizable uh portion of the pot depending on which country we're competing in i think it could be fun i think that having people actively try to get voted out and not murdered is a interesting uh place to watch yeah i th i do like the prospect of getting someone who because there's different ways to play that. You can either try immediately be suspicious to get thrown out, which certainly could work. Or people be like, you know what? This person's a little too keen to get banished. Let's not banish them because they might be like that role or whatever. Or if someone tries to slow roll it and get closer to the end to win it. Or if there's like a perk of if you make it past like the first four rounds, you get this extra that could be fun listen if if the show ends up getting stale at any point feel free to throw that one in don't even need to credit us actually no credit us i want the royalties um but hey throw that into the mix that could be fun yeah i think that would be fun i'm wondering if like do the faithfuls need a punch up at some point i know that mafia has like the doctor or um you know the detective or something like that so i think there's a lot of places that this could go in the future i mean it's interesting because if they get one of those similar to mafia or anything else if you reveal that you will get murdered so yep. uh, it's how do you work with that information and try and get somewhere with it so I think there I do see a future where they do add some stuff like this. Obviously, all of the franchises are in their infancy. We are only going to start getting season twos in this upcoming year. Um, unfortunately, the only one that has had two seasons in Australia is currently doesn't seem like it's coming back for a season three. It might in the future, but they're all still in such early stages that I do not expect them to add anything new, which I'm very OK with. But. You know, in the event that it gets stale or gets slower, I could fully see them adding some new roles in or new opportunities to like switch some stuff up in the format. 
Agreed, agreed. Yeah, I can definitely see things changing in the future. Uh, put the third Australian season on Peacock. Like, just make it happen. You can figure it out. Hey, give it to us. We we will watch it easily. <laughs> well, Scally, this has been a delightful season. I was about to say goodbye, but the reality is you and I will be doing exit interviews real soon again on Wednesday. But for now, our journey on recapping traders is over. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on with me to co-host. This has been a delightful treat. Um, Obviously, we are staying up very late to record these alive after the episode (laughs) and uh, wouldn't have wanted to do this with anyone else. So thank you so much to Brian Gregory Scally. Scally, let the people know where can they find you? What are the projects you have going on at the moment? Oh, thank you so much for having me over the course of the of season. It's been so much fun. Now, if people want to hear more from me, uh, I am covering this season of the challenge over on the free agents podcast with Matt Ligori. Been a ton of fun over there. Also got to guest with you on the 90 day fiance podcast this week, which was great. And then anything else I'm doing is on Twitter at Brian underscore Scally and on Twitch at twitch.tv slash bscally. Perfect. Thanks so much, Scally. Of course, y'all can find me on Twitter at Puyaism. That's also where you can send questions for these uh, eliminated, banished winners of the final five. Feel free to send those in. Uh, you can also find me on Twitch, Twitch.tv slash Puya. That's where I am when I'm not podcasting and I have a good time. There's a come through and say hi. I always do appreciate it. Like you said, we recorded 90 Day Fiance the other way um, for this past week, catching up, leading up to the tell that went on tonight. And, uh, the other 90 day episode will be recorded later in the week. I am going to be gone for the next like four or five days. We're going to be in New Orleans for the RHAP live event. So all my podcasts have been delayed. Mass Singer also will be coming out over in the weekend. But Liana, I've been having a good time doing that. But if you're looking to hear my lovely voice in other places, um, I was the guest on House of Villains this past week. And I was the guest on the Survivor B&B with Liana and Mike. So definitely go check those out if you are interested. And uh, before the season ends, of course, it would mean a lot if you could leave us a rating and review. Uh, we Y'all have smashed it with these reviews. We have 40 reviews, five stars all the way. So do thank you so much for filling that up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you want to re- leave one, you can do so over on Robin's website.com slash traders. That's T-R-A-I-T-O-R-S. Uh, looks like, though, there might not be too long of an off season because if I have my bearings correct, we're going to be back with Traders US and Traders UK season two in January. It's going to be a very busy 2024 but might be the last second to last podcast. When we do the exit interviews, that'll be the last one for 2023. Thank you so much for hanging out with us this season. We do appreciate it from Turner's tower. I'm please. And Bikili. he is Brian David Scally until next time. Take care. Have a good one. Bye. Okay. Round two, name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, 
even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.